hi, welcome to Women of Substance podcast, and uh, you're going to love the podcast today because I have an extremely wonderful guest whom I'm in love with, (laughs) (laughs) my husband, Reverend Dr. (laughs) David Horton. Welcome. Thank you. I'm (laughs) so honored to to be invited on this (laughs) sacred broadcast. (laughs) Well, you know, I've always felt like that women should probably teach some men meetings and men should probably teach some women meetings. And so I think you'll get a whole new perspective. So I invited David to be on Women of Substance. <laughs> Not that he's a woman. But. Well, you know, T.D. Jakes has done pretty good with Woman Thou Art Loose conferences. So yes, he has. There you go. There you go. We have a precedent. We have a precedent. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, today we we had discussed a little bit in just uh, our conversation um, about women and the influence and the importance of uh, women in ministry, especially in our lives, and how they had so uh, inspired us through the years. And um, you know, I think about Second Timothy one five, where Paul was writing to Timothy. And he talked about the faith that was in his grandmother yes. and in his mother yes. and was in Timothy also. And so we, really good, yeah. we see right there that um, women can really have such an impact. Absolutely. In, in men's life. And uh, in here it was a pastor that they had both influenced so highly. So um, I was just going to ask you, David, some okay. questions. All right. <laughs> First of all. I'm ready. <laughs> Um, so can, t- can you tell us about some women that have had strong influence on your life and ministry? Well, you know, I like, I like the, uh, the word you used just a moment ago of impact. And I think that we have three really good words today that we want to talk about is impact, influence, and inspiration. And, uh, that, you know, it's all three connected. Right. And, and uh, important, but I, I just think that I have, I have a short list here. I mean, you know, you could just go on and on and on with this because, um, women have been a strong force in the body of Christ since the book of Acts. I mean, if you start, uh, actually prior to that, even in the old Testament, there's, and that's another, <laughs> that's another episode <laughs> that's true. that I'll give you a clue that might be in, in the works. But, uh, you know, it would be great to look at all the women in the Bible, you know, and, and uh, I know there's been some recent books released on that and, and all. It's just anything you can find that's inspirational. And it obviously, uh, women's roles in, um, the story, in the story of, God and his creation and people, uh, it was important enough for the Holy Spirit to influence and God to influence to include it in the canon of scripture. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's something for us. In other words, <laughs> women were certainly not marginalized or irrelevant in any way. Right. But uh, important and yeah. important in, in the ministry of even Jesus Christ. Yes. And, in, and, 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 uh, the book of Acts has exploits of women and men. And, right. you know, Paul even said that in Christ, there's, there's no gender. Mm-hmm. In Christ, there's no male nor female, Greek nor Jew. And boy, we just have been inundated in the last few years with 
issues on all that, yeah. you know, and, uh, thank God we can just be one in Christ. And if you get that heart and open up your heart, you can receive, you know, women do not have to be put off by men. Um, we're, we're talking a lot of about ministry today, but yeah. I mean, it works for business and everything. Oh, too, sure, but, yeah. but sometimes I think that people are threatened, you know, by, yeah. The opposite sex or whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, no man, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a woman's had a, a tough marriage or relationship and, or an abusive father or something and says, I am not going to be influenced. We're talking about influence. Right. I'm not going to be influenced by a man. I don't need a man. I don't, you know, like Gloria Steinem said, um, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And then she later got married and I understood, you know, she got voted off the island for, from feminism. Mm. But, uh, we're not talking today or, or in fact, this whole series of podcasts is not, we're not talking about militant feminism here. (laughs) We're, we're talking about how women have been used by God. Um, some from the past Mm -hmm. and some, from the current time, uh, to be an influence for good yes. and a force for good. And we thank God for, for, uh, the, the women in our lives That's true. that have influenced us. And so I am secure enough, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully as a man to talk about not only, I mean, I could talk all day about my, mentors who are male. Yes. Uh, and you know, from my father, Kenneth Hagan, uh, brother Copeland, you know, on and on the men, uh, T.L. Osborne, uh, Oral Roberts, the men that have, uh, influenced my, my life and ministry. Sure. But, uh, today we're talking about women who have been, I think in different ways, equally influential Mm -hmm. and equally have a part in all that, uh, you know, that I've done and what we've done together as a, as a ministry team. And so in answer to your question, before I went off on all those 19 rabbit trails (laughs) is, um, you know, which women have had a strong influence. And um, there's a short list of, of four or five here that I can talk about briefly. Good. Uh, one is my mother, Jerry Horton. And, um, my mother is 91 years old this year and still going strong. The doctor said in 1954 that she had two weeks to, uh, anywhere from two weeks to two years to live at the most. And, uh, she was eat up with cancer. You know, she had melanoma and all over her body it had spread and she had a great miracle and Jesus healed her. And I think that, that miracle too was such a part of, of her faith right. and her upbringing. You know, so my mother was this great, uh, mother, wife, totally a supportive role. Mm-hmm. But my dad, uh, especially in the early seventies, my dad began to see something on my mother of ministry, um, quality. Besides just all the typical things that a pastor's wife has to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, Lord, she played the piano. Yeah. Played the piano, uh, uh, covered, make sure the nursery was covered. Yeah. If it wasn't, she had to do it herself. 
you know, children's church, uh, Sunday school teacher, everything that a, that a pastor's wife would do, especially in those days. Yeah. Not a lot of delegation was thought of. And so, uh, and then run a home and be a wife and all those, all those duties, all those things that she had to do. And so, uh, but my dad began to sense that she had, you know, more to give than that, uh, even though that's great and that's yes. all commendable. But she, uh, she, they started flowing together in the gifts, you know, where, um, she would have a tongue and my dad would interpret it, you know, in, in tongues and interpretation. Mm-hmm. And then my mother would exhort and she would lay hands on the sick and got to where that she started preaching some and teaching and, and um that's all wonderful. I honor my mother for that. I respect that. I, I appreciate it. The greatest thing I could say about my mother as far as influencing me as a in it was her faith and her faith for provision. Uh I don't know if you realize it or not, but the average Pentecostal pastor <laughs> back in those days didn't earn very much and and uh you know well parents were believing God for, they found out there was some blessing in prosperity. And my mom started believing God beyond my dad's salary and beyond what she, what he would give her for an allowance or whatever. She, um, many stories, you know, she, she needed a new refrigerator and she found out that in those days, a a new refrigerator, this is back in the late seventies, early eighties that she could get a new refrigerator for about $400. You know, the, the better ones would go for $900, $1,200, you know, for mm-hmm. a deluxe model or whatever with all the latest gizmos. And so she needed a new refrigerator. <laughs> My mom was believing God. Somebody would give her money. She said, I'm believing God for money for the refrigerator. Somebody would give her money <laughs> and she would feel impressed to give it in the offering the next service at some conference or something. <laughs> and so she'd give her, she'd give her money away or give it to a missionary out the door or something. And uh, my dad would say, well, Jerry, you believe God for the refrigerator and you give the money away. <laughs> and she said, well, the Lord told me to give it. He'd replace it. <laughs> so she, she must have given away five five times the value of the refrigerator every time she'd get the money she'd give give the money away and it's back to zero with nothing or no refrigerator well she had a refrigerator but it was old and kind of ugly and you know, I think it was avocado green or whatever <laughs> she was tired of it and wanted something stainless steel or something up to date, you know, <laughs> with an ice maker and a water dispenser and all those things. And anyway, finally, you know, she just kept believing God. My dad said, I don't know how you're going to ever, but he said, cause you can't even make it to the store uh, with the money to buy the refrigerator. Cause you give it away. <laughs> well, you know, she gave and gave and gave. And finally one day there was this man that, came up to my father at a, at a meeting that he was at and he said, uh, are, are y'all needing any kind of appliances or anything? And my dad said, well, yeah, my wife is believing God for a refrigerator. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to send the top of the line refrigerator to your house on this day and make sure someone's there to receive it. And they sent like a $1,200 refrigerator. <laughs> And she was believing for the $400 one. <laughs> and God did, I call that the, um, 
you know, Ephesians um, 3.20 blessing that it's abundantly above all we'd ask her things. She, she was stretching her faith for the $400. Amazing. Anyway, <laughs> that kind of thing. And there was another time, another story. My mother was believing God for a car. She wanted a new car and the car she had was, you know, in need of replacement. And so she told my dad, I need a new car. And he says, well, Jerry, I don't know how we're going to, you know, afford that or whatever. My dad was always, you know, he was a great provider, but he was always trying to figure out how he could do it. She <laughs> said, did I ask you for the car, the money for the car? He said, no. Well, do you just agree with me? I'm going to believe it in, you know? And so, uh, he said, well, what kind of car are we believing for? She says, I want a, a Cadillac. <laughs> he said, well, of course you do. <laughs> everybody wants a, in those days, everybody wanted a Cadillac. Right. I want a Coupe de Ville and I want it baby blue with a white interior. <laughs> and so anyway, long story short, well, my dad would bring, um, I'll make the short story long. My dad would bring, uh, Car, you know, like he was friends with the banker and the guy would call him and say, Hey, uh, brother doc, I've got this, you know, Buick. I've got this Oldsmobile Pontiac, whatever. Very nice car, you know, that somebody's turned in or we had to, to take it back or whatever. It's, it's like brand new. It's a year old. It's got a few low miles and I can set up payments for you and make it really easy to get. And you can, in fact, you can just drive it home today if you want. So. My dad would bring it into the driveway and he'd say, Jerry, come out here. I have this car I want you to look at. <laughs> and she said, is it a Cadillac? And is it baby blue? It doesn't have a white interior. He said, no, but come on. It's a nice car. It's a Buick Park Avenue or whatever. She said, I don't want no Buick Park Avenue. I want a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> he said, why are you so stubborn? She said, because I'm believing God. I don't want to make payments either. I want it to be paid for. This sounds like somebody else I know. Me. <laughs> it sounds like Scarlett. I don't like payments. She hates payments and, has, and doesn't want to settle for the case of Coke from dialing for dollars, you know. So she says, what do you, so anyway, one day my dad, there was this couple, a very nice couple from California. They were pretty well off and they took my dad to lunch one day and, and, uh, they, they asked him and he was a teacher at Rama and they said, would you like to go to lunch? And my dad said, sure. And they took, I think they all went to a Mexican restaurant or whatever, came back and they rode, they had a car, you know, it was like, it was only like two years old, like brand new. Mm-hmm. Cadillac with baby blue with a white interior. <laughs> and my dad didn't say anything. I mean, you know, he would, he would never hinted around or whatever. He just said, Oh, beautiful car. They said, do you like this car? And my dad said, well, who wouldn't like this is a beautiful car. And they said, well, would your, do you think your wife would like this car? And my dad didn't tell them that's the very car, not she wasn't claiming their car, but right. one, let's say, like yeah. yeah. And she said, he said, that's a, <laughs> kind of like the one she's believing for. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he thought it. And he said, the Lord told him, don't say nothing, you know, <laughs> don't say anything. I'm sure the Lord has better English grammar than I do. Um, but anyway, my, my, my dad said, they said, well, here's the keys and here's the title. And all you have to do is sign your name and it's yours. And so my dad drives that home and he says to my mother, 
Jerry, come down here. There's this car I want you to look at. She goes, I told you I wasn't looking at no more cars. No, you're going to like this one. I, I, I'm not going to like it unless it's a Cadillac. He goes, just come look at this car. And she goes out there and it's the very car she was oh. believing God for. So my oh mom, God. my mom taught me just because your checking account doesn't have it in there or you don't see any way without People, people will calculate, well, if I get a 20% raise and a, and a, and a, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, something you get a bonus, you know, at the end of the year and right. all this, you know, yeah. then maybe I can swing this and swing that and trying to figure it all out in their head. And I learned from my mother, just tell the Lord what you want and get it. So that was, you know, I mean, my mom influenced me in many ways, but that was one of them was just to have how to have faith. Yeah. In God when there's no other way. And then it's such living, a living, living by faith. Yeah. And it's such a witness and testimony, isn't it? It is. And there's a lot, many more stories like that, that you yes. told me about your mom. Yes. And, uh, eventually she had houses paid off. Oh yeah, she did. She, my mom, I think tied with faith like that is, mm-hmm. is the sense of obedience, you know, whatever mm-hmm. God tells you to do. The first miracle in Cana. Mary, Mary said, uh, his mother, she said, whatever he says to do, just do it. Right. And my mother lived by that, you know, and there was one time the Lord told her to make some vegetable soup <laughs> and cornbreads, Georgia style. And so she did. And, and, um, long story short, the people that ended up, she didn't even know who she was making it for. And the people that ended up tasting her soup were quite wealthy. And, uh, this family paid off my mother's home in Tulsa, asked for how much is the mortgage left, and they wrote a check. And then, um, my folks had a, um, vacation home in, in Alabama at the beach, and they wanted to know about that one too. You know, what, you got anything else? And they said, no. And okay, we're going to pay that off. So, because we don't believe in people having mortgages. And so, they basically told her, we're doing this because you made this soup. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, something like that, like, well, what does that, I'm believing God for something really big here. Right? And I don't have time for soup, you know. Right. He's like, you better have time for soup. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know uh, I always say that the catalyst to miracles is obedience. Yes. and. Whatever miracle you need in your life, be careful. I have a, a camera and a microphone. I'm start preaching. It's <laughs> okay. But uh, whatever you need in your life, whatever miracle you need, the seed for that is already in your life. Yeah, that's so true. Like the seed, the, like it was a miracle to have your two mortgages paid off. Yeah. In one snap. Right. But my the question is, did my mother have a pot? Did she? Have some meat and some vegetables and some yes. things. You know, did she have that? Yeah, she had that. Yeah. And so that was her seed for her miracle was yeah. soup makings. Can you believe that? It's Isn't that something? Really something. <laughs> it's a strong story. Should be in a book. Yes. You should write that book then. Uh, you know, the next person that I had here, you asked me who some of the women that had influences. Aretha Hagen, uh, brother Hagen, <laughs> Kenneth Hagen singer, he was, uh, an absolute father in faith to me. We were very close and our whole family was close and Scarlett was close to, to the Hagans as well. Love them dearly. And, uh, 
where we love their family to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, all members of the Hagans. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, um, Aretha, I mean, thinking about women, you know, Aretha was, uh, again, one of these uh, uh, minister's wives that was really totally in the supportive role, really, her whole life. She yeah. never really uh, developed uh, a pulpit ministry on her own. She would teach sometimes at Rama, like they put all the women together or whatever. Yeah. And mom would exhort and have something from the Lord. Sure. But, you know, she, um, I, I was influenced by her just as a great Christian woman yeah. and her faithfulness to the ministry Oh yeah, and her faithfulness to brother Hagen was just amazing. And, and, and I think that she wrote a book called, uh, and you can get it probably online, I'm sure from Rama, mm-hmm. but, uh, she wrote a book about, uh, the grace, you know, God's grace is greater than the sacrifice or something like that mm-hmm. is the title. And I know that I know some of the contents of that book, and I think it's an awesome read for not only women, but men as well, you know, that uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. And I think Mom Hagen, we called her Mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We also called her Noriki, but (laughs) that's a long story. But uh, Mom Hagen, you know, she she would, um, I think she lived that. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and she never complained to Dad Hagen that I don't want to go on these trips. I'm tired, you know. No, I know. She might have been tired, but she was going to go, and uh, was so supportive of of him. And so that's something I learned from from Mom Hagen is faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, the next person on my list is Dr. Pat Harrison, who has already been a guest here on, yes. on these podcasts. And, uh, Dr. Pat Harrison is actually Kenneth and Aretha Hagen's daughter. Uh, her and her husband, Buddy, just have, you know, had a great ministry together. Buddy went home to be with the Lord a few years ago and Pat has continued in ministry. And, uh, I know that, um, she's been just such a mom in the faith to you and, yes. um, uh, an inspiration. The reason I put down Pat is she's an inspiration to me, uh, uh, an influence in her ability to walk in faith and grace and peace in the midst of looks like disaster. Yeah. Because I've had to walk in some of those same paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had yeah. to walk in through the valley of the shadow of death, literally. Right. Uh, you know, as many people might know, my, my son, was killed in action in Afghanistan, um, in 2011. Mm-hmm. And my first wife of 36 years passed away. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, after again, faithful service to the Lord and, yes. and, uh, a great, a great companion to me and mother to my children. But, um, she went to heaven, uh, in, uh, a few years back. And, uh, so I've had to walk, you know, yeah. those, those are traumatic experiences oh, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. And I've had to walk through those things and right. out of those things mm-hmm. and in, be fully clothed and in my right mind, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at and the end of it. Continue in ministry. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and traveling around the world and, and do things for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And even during the, 
the time right after my, my wife's, uh, departure, Cherie left, uh, the Lord put, you know, one of the biggest uh, projects just on my plate uh, to believe God to pay cash for a church building and a headquarters building for our ministry yeah. here in the Tampa Bay area. And, and, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was one lump sum of money. It was like half a million dollars right. that I'm sure to a lot of people, that's, that's not a lot, but for me to get it up cash in time to close before we lost the contract was a big deal. And sure. so, we had all that in hand after about 120 days. It Praise was just, a, an, a, I think it was 114 days to be exact. We went from having not one thin dime in an account mm. all the way to almost $500,000. And, uh, so I'm here. I am in the midst of the, you know, some of the saddest days I had experienced on the earth, uh, tough times. Yeah. Uh, believing God and, and Dr. Pat Harrison, the way she was, would believe God for money and, uh, for, for, for those things, uh, just really, I don't think she knows what an influence it was for me. Uh, I wrote a book, um, it's, it's just out this year, uh, uh, a deep settled piece. Yeah, it's a great book. And uh, yeah, you should order it, get up, get online and order it. Um, uh, Brother Copeland was so gracious to write the foreword for that. But, uh, Pat's story, Dr. Harrison's story is in, uh, that book part of it where, uh, they were, they were, there was comp- people trying to sue them, I think, and take their companies away and their money. And mm-hmm. she's in a conference room and everybody's screaming and <laughs> almost cursing, you know, about, you know, who's going to sue who and who's going to get what. And and she's kind of like filing her nails and just rolling her eyes and looking at the (laughs) ceiling. And one of them said, uh, and sometimes that's what you need to do in faith is exactly file your nails and roll your eyes. Brother Hagan would have been twiddling his thumbs. (laughs) And, uh, so she, she said that one of them said to her, um, Mrs. Harrison, you're not taking this serious. You don't understand what's happening here. And she says, I'm hearing everything y'all are saying. Y'all just decide what you're going to do and fine with me. I'm just, I'm just here because she told me I had to be here, you know, <laughs> and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to lose peace or a wink of sleep over it. Yeah. I love that. And I still need that kind oh, of absolutely. We faith. All need and it. So that's, that's a yeah. great influence on me from, from another woman of God, you know, a yes. great woman of God. And then, and then uh, two people that I want to mention who have both gone to be with the Lord is Martha McGee and Lena Kane. Uh, some of the people that might have gone to some of the prayer conferences back in the seventies and eighties might remember Lena, that we called her Mama Lena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very easy for me to say because my grandmother was Mama Lois. <laughs> so, you know, we Southerners, we add stuff to people's <laughs> names, but, um, Mama Lois and <laughs> was my grandmother. Mama Lena was Martha McGee's mother and was a mighty woman. They were, they influenced me as being women of prayer and hearing from God. And the great thing about it is they didn't like float around weird like. Like I've seen oh, yeah. so many, you know, try, Ooh, well, I'm a prayer mother. So therefore I have to be strange, right. you know, and yeah. they were not strange. They were, 
had a great sense of humor. They actually are part of the Blackwood family, the Blackwood brothers quartet. Yeah. Uh, Lena is James Blackwood's sister. And so, uh, we have, we have family friends in the, you know, from the church of God and, and other places in gospel music, you know, who are Blackwoods or related to them. And my uh, mother and father went to college with a lot of them. So there was a, a family connection, yeah. but, um, the great thing is how that they would, they would say, you know, what do you need? And I would say, well, I, I, I need doors of utterance. I'm starting out in ministry and mm-hmm. this is back. I'm in my twenties. I'm trying to preach and they would call us, they would call back in about three days and say, well, we got in the living room on the floor and praying. And, uh, I love that. my mother's a on the floor prayer too. She I don't know is. something about that. You know, a lot of people will kneel at the sofa or whatever. My, I were, I were with women that like do warfare in the middle of the floor, like a Indian <laughs> powwow or something, you know? And, uh, so my, <laughs> you know, get on the floor with Jesus, I guess. I don't know. Wrestle it out. Something. <laughs> but they said, we got on the floor. <laughs> and if they ever get these kind of prayer women, if they ever get in the floor, watch out. You know, like Brother Hagin used to say, if you don't want it, don't put in your request to them because they'll get it, whether it's God's will or not. You know, <laughs> just almost. <laughs> I don't know if that'll bother my Calvinist friends, but <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> I don't know if I have Calvinist friends. Anyway, uh, Martha, Martha and her mother, Lena, they called, they called back three days later. This is when we were starting our ministry and they said, I've got you 13 bookings. Praise God. You know, I mean, some people don't have 13 bookings in a year. Oh, I know. That's so true. <laughs> and I had 13 bookings in California. How are you going to get here? <laughs> My wife, Cherie, owned a, uh, uh, owned a Ford Fiesta with no air conditioning. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't installed. It wasn't that it was broke. It wasn't in the car. <laughs> and so we drove that little Ford Fiesta from Tulsa to Los Angeles. Oh and, uh, it, yeah, that was, now that's a story. <laughs> it's not much of a story of faith either. It's kind of a sad story, but we did make it. It's more of like grapes of wrath perseverance, you know. <laughs> We made it across the prairie and the desert and the mountains. Anyway, we got there and, uh, and, um, we preached those meetings and it really launched the David Horton ministries, you know, That's from so that. Wonderful. So I, uh, these, these, these were the kind of women though, that if you put in a prayer request, like Brother Hagen said about his prayer group, you yeah. know, if you didn't want it, don't ask it because they're going to get it. They're going to get it. And, uh, that's an influence on oh. me. Tremendous. And yeah. so I'm appreciative of, of, of them. And when we all get to heaven, I can line up and thank them, you know, but, <laughs> um, anyway, that's some of the influencers. That's great. Yeah. I'll, all, you know, all of the above for me too. And, um, you know, I think back, David, just in, you know, my, uh, denominational yeah. background, there were not women that preached from the pulpit right. or, Really did anything that you'd have a soloist that would sing. Sure. They were allowed to sing, <laughs> which is strange and because cook. that's a message. <laughs> They're preaching their message through song, but that's okay. Yeah. They could bring they could, banana pudding. Yeah. And banana pudding. <laughs> yeah. And secretaries, yeah. you know, but other than that, so when I moved to Tulsa to go to Rainbow, I was really surprised. It was the first time yeah. I was really exposed to 
women in ministry other than when I was 17. Yeah. We had an evangelist woman ah. that came to the motel and got us all filled with the Holy Ghost, <laughs> speaking in other tongues. So yeah. that was really neat. And then, of course, Pat Harrison. Yes. And then I lived with Patsy in Kansas. Yeah, right. And uh, what a tremendous influence. That would be Patsy uh, Caminetti. Yes. Patsy, formerly Beerman. Yes. 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 And uh, and she's going to be on one of the podcasts. I know. Coming I, up I heard this through the office gossip. <laughs> so she'll be on soon. Uh, but exciting. She was, you know, you, you're talking about an example of yes. just walking with the Lord. And yes. I remember coming home from school and she would be leaving and just, she said, I'm going to go for a walk. And she'd have a, like a piece of paper and a pen or a notebook yeah. and a pen. And I'd say, what, what are you going to do? She said, Oh, I'm just, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. And I like to write down, down things when he tells yeah, me. And right. I, I thought that's, <laughs> I know that sounds like nothing now, but to me then it was, yes. God's going to talk to her. <laughs> She's going to write it down. This is Because <laughs> I was 20, yeah, and right. I, you know, just yeah. very young in the Lord. But again, you know, there were so many women that influenced and uh, inspired. Yes. And, you know, the devil wants to cut that out of yes. the body of Christ. He doesn't want uh, any labors. And if you right. cut out the women, you're cutting out a lot of labors well, for God. It's ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> but I just have to, I mean, you know, just like last week, I was talking to a friend and she's a single woman. And uh, she said that the pastor of her church, um, which she's changed yeah. lately, but she said they they wouldn't let me pray for people at the altar because I'm a single woman. Oh. If I was a married woman, they would. Yeah. But now this woman can pray. <laughs> I've known her for yes. years, and I thought it's just ridiculous. And I thought I told David, I said I, I'm so glad they didn't tell Anna that. You know, yes. in the synagogue, you can't pray or prophesy. Right, right. What a blessing. Right. right. I, I know. Blessing. Yeah. So, you know, there's others here. Do you want to talk about the others or do you want to do another podcast? <laughs> Have I, you know, there's this little joke about this grandfather has got his grandson in the service at a church and, and, uh, the pastor keeps saying in conclusion, <laughs> and then he would go another 15 minutes and then, and furthermore, in conclusion, and then he would keep saying in conclusion. And so the little boy said to the grandfather, Grandpa, what does conclusion mean? And he said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we don't want to be like that. No. Um, well, yeah, I think real quick we can wrap this up with, um, I think there's a question there. Yeah. Uh, on our notes. The notes say, <laughs> what does which, that say? <laughs> which women, especially in ministry, have inspired you in your life in ministry? Well, I have three here uh, on the short list again. I mean, you could go on and on with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, in just we have great women in our church. Yes. Who are uh, so faithful to the church and to the Lord and to the word and, and yeah. to us as yeah. their pastors. And we could talk about each of them. I mean, we could talk on and on and on friends that we have mm-hmm. ministers, their wives or husbands or whatever, you yeah. know, but um I think that just in a big, broad 
stroke of this for the limited time we have. I'll just take about five minutes here. One is Amy Simple McPherson, who um, built Angelus Temple, the great church there in Los Angeles, um, which is still having services to this day. Um, and then she founded the Foursquare Gospel denomination, mm-hmm. which is considered one of the leading Pentecostal denominations, you yeah. know, along with the Assemblies of God, Church of God, so forth. But um, she did a great thing in the day because she built that church in 1923, mm-hmm. and it's still there. It, it uh, originally would seat 5,000 double balconies. Uh, the Lord gave her the building plans, and to this day it's, it passes earthquake inspection mm. and it's an it's an it's a it's really an unsupported um concrete dome over the top mm. unsupported meaning there's not it, it it's like it's i understand there's not even any rebar or anything in it it's just concrete mm-hmm. and it looks like it would have already fallen in and it hasn't and thank god and it passes inspection i just think that's amazing god gave mm-hmm. her this you know, she wasn't an architect or a building designer or anything. Right, yeah. And could it be that the Holy Spirit knows how to build a building? Yes, I mean, he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, um, just real briefly, um, now obviously, you know, these people are, are gone from the earth, but uh, they have inspired me from afar. You know, Amy Simple McPherson died in 1944, I think, and... I wasn't born till almost uh, two decades later, but you know, she, and you met her son. I met her son, Rolf. Uh, I got to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. He is in her autobiography and the biography and his stories. And, and he could just hold, uh, he and his wife, Lorna D. McPherson, they could just hold your attention talking about firsthand stories with, with uh, sister. They called her sister, sister McPherson, <laughs> Um, you know, she, anyway, her, I am, I am honoring her today in this broadcast, talk about two things. Again, you could just talk on and on about each person, Mm -hmm. but two things, mainly boldness and pioneering, uh, in a, and I wrote this in a field dominated by men, uh, she didn't waste time, energy, and resources trying to correct those inequities. Mm-hmm. She could have used her considerable influence and resources. Yeah. God really blessed her. She was, there was not a poverty stricken little, won't you help us ministry? It was right. a big deal for yeah. the day. Um, it would still be a big deal if it, I mean, it still is in the sense of the, exactly. the, 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 the denomination. Yeah. But she, you know, a lot of people nowadays, I think would, would be using their influence to, to say, you know, women are not being treated right and all that. Mm-hmm. And that may be the case. I'm sure it is in, in, in many places, but she didn't waste time. Can you imagine what it was like in the twenties? So even in the twenties, when women, you know, were still struggling with the right to vote and all kinds of things, mm-hmm. she continued just to preach the gospel yeah. and do what God had called her to do. So she just endeavored. I wrote, she endeavored to fulfill her own calling her own mission and vision. She wasn't trying to prove anything to anyone. Right. She wasn't up saying, yeah. I, I know I'm a woman, but a woman, but a woman, but you know, and that's what you, if you're not careful, 
you become so defensive, mm-hmm. trying to correct all the ills in the world. Yes. That you don't even produce anything. Right. And so it's, it's like any other kind of group that's, that's been mistreated. Uh, there's always examples of those who shined in the face of it. Yes. And said, I'm going to be a businessman anyway, or mm-hmm. I'm going to be a minister, or I'm going to get that education no matter what, you know, you, you just go for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, success is really the revenge mm-hmm. against all the inequity. That's right. Instead of just mad and screaming about it and spending yeah. all your time and energy and resources you know, yelling about what's wrong and screaming about what's, what's, what's not fair instead of just, why don't you lead by example? Just and that's what, that's what I think I, I admire her the most for. Yeah. And she, here she was in the twenties pastoring a church yes. and divorced. Yeah. Divorced twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, so, and then, you know, her first, you know, she's, she's also this, I just never thought of this till now, you know, her first husband died in, in China of sickness and disease. I mean, he got some kind of dysentery or something and mm-hmm. passed away, Robert Stemple. And, uh, here she is a healing evangelist and can't, you know, once again, can't get your spouse mm-hmm. healed. I know what that feels like mm-hmm. and you, what people say and yeah. think about that. Yeah. And so it's like, here's that. And then. <laughs> Two failed marriages after that, and and she still just kept going, you know. And, amazing. Yeah, and uh some people might ask, well, do you think God called her to do that? Maybe she was missing the Lord. I, I was talking to Brother Hagin one time about that, about Amy Simple McPherson, and he said, well, I'm sure the Lord will forgive her for all the people she got saved and healed <laughs> and the churches that she started uh, completely out of God's will. Now, if she can do all that out of God's will, imagine what a person could do in God's will. It's just quite amazing to me. I know that's a little snarky, but it's the truth anyway, yeah. isn't it? it is. And uh, the next person, of course, that I have down is the great Catherine Kuhlman. Uh, I, I got to be in one of her meetings live oh, in, in Atlanta one time and she came and it was really something that marked me. Uh, but in a, a lot of great things you can say about all these people, but one thing that stands out is she demonstrated how to flow with the Holy Spirit. I think more than almost anyone in modern times, uh, she could just be on the stage and kind of flitting around. She's very dramatic, very Hollywood kind of with her presentation. Yeah. And I believe that's really who she was. She wasn't trying to put, she wasn't trying to be, uh, you know, uh, Nora, Norma Desmond in, 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 uh, Sunset Boulevard. But she kind of came across like that, like, yeah. I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. You know, she was very dramatic and mm-hmm. flowing gowns and a lot of spotlights and, and theatrics. But I, I think, I think God used her in spite of all that, not because of it so much. Yeah. But the great thing is, is that she could, just be preaching along, testifying, whatever. And then all of a sudden, when, when the Holy Spirit began to move through her, she could connect mm-hmm. like I have never seen anybody and say, no, that there's a person in the balcony there. And she would describe what's happening to them. And they'd throw their brace down on the floor or whatever. I mean, it like a person eat up with cancer, you know, couldn't support themselves, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, it was just an amazing 
thing to watch is, and I was influenced and inspired by that. And then finally, Dr. Daisy Osborne, I wrote down this. She was the ultimate team player with uh, her husband, T.L. Osborne. Uh, and literally millions of souls are in heaven because of mm. her faithfulness and sacrifice with, with T.L. Yeah. She not only preached the gospel side by side with him, mm. but also set up all the meetings. He told me this to my face. That, yeah that she set up the meetings and mm. uh, met with the pastors and organized all that sometimes in places that you can't imagine mm. the poverty and the, the political challenges and dealing with monsters like Idi Amin and, you know, yeah. in Uganda, right. you know, so that, you know, it was an amazing thing to watch a lifetime decades of, of service being a team player and she, mm-hmm. she, she wasn't trying to overshadow him or, you, you know, no, know, they, they, they were great. They were great. And I think that they were more valuable together as a team than yeah. they had, if they had been separate. Yes, I do too. Which is what I believe about you and me. Oh, me too. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. <laughs> We're two peas in a pod, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, it's just important that we glean, you know, all the words of wisdom and strength and the Spirit of God from whomever, man or woman. Sometimes, you know, it's the least likely that you would think really ministers to you. Yes. I've been in meetings where I thought that the most important part of the whole meeting was what the organist said a little exhortation or something. And it really helped me. And so I think we just need to be open and not cut people off because of their, well, we were talking about gender or race or, you know, uh, age. (laughs) Because some people say, well, you're too young to preach. And then other people say, you're too old to preach. (laughs) Just preach. Yes. Preach the word. Right. um, And then I wanted to say this when you were talking about Catherine Kuhlman, and then we will close. Uh, you know, how beautifully she flowed in the spirit and it didn't run people off. No, <laughs> no, her meetings were huge. So many, so many there that they couldn't even get in the building. I need to get you one of those flowing dresses. So <laughs> maybe that's the answer. <laughs> that's it. I think that's it. But yeah, just to flow in the spirit, not yes. be afraid of the gifts, of the spirit. Yes. Especially, you know, the power gifts, working of miracles. And, yes. Oh, how beautifully she demonstrated those things. Well, you would come away from those meetings feeling like you had literally been in heaven's atmosphere, yeah. you know. And even with, again, I keep coming back to the the drama and the theatrics. Um, every now and then we'd find somebody years ago that was trying to emulate her or whatever, and it was disgusting. It was like, ugh, turn your stomach, like... Don't try to be Catherine yeah. Coleman. There's mm-hmm. only one Catherine Coleman. Right. But the funny thing is, is the, the work of the Holy Spirit would so overshadow, would so outshine anything she was doing. I mean, yeah. so even if a person said, you know, I don't really need all that drama or whatever, it was like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. People are receiving life-changing miracles That's here. That's right. And, uh, you know, almost... You know, people that criticize someone so successful, oftentimes what it really is is 
jealousy and sour grapes. And, yeah, exactly. Lester Summerall, there's a great story about him. Some guy came up to him and they were really criticizing something that he was doing, one of his big projects and saying, we don't agree with what you're doing. And there's always that person. Thank the Lord. And, um, he said, what have you built? That was oh. his question. What have you built? So I think before we throw any of these people under the bus, <laughs> <laughs> because of maybe where they, you know, there's others that want to point out where they missed it. Right. Yeah. It's like, let, like brother Hagan said, let he that's <laughs> never missed it be the first one to answer the altar call for liars. <laughs> Cause you just now missed it by lying about yourself. We've all missed it. Exactly. One lady said to me one time in, in Tulsa, she said, uh, this is something about you. That's not quite right. And I said, <laughs> Oh, do you have three hours? I can tell you, that's amazing that you only see one thing wrong with me. There's a whole list of stuff wrong with me, which makes what God does through us even more spectacular. Well, yeah, because it's not because of me, it's because of Jesus. That's true. God does more in spite of us so often than because of us, you know. Yes, he does. So, come on. That's right. All right, what are we doing? Yep, receive from the people of God, yes. his wisdom and his strength and his grace. Yes. Well, we're so glad that you came to be with us today. Oh, well, it was a journey, but I made it. <laughs> a long walk upstairs. All the way, <laughs> all the way to our library. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. And um, if you haven't watched the previous ones, we just, you know, Suggest you do. They're all so good. Watch and them then, 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some wonderful guests coming up. Phyllis Webb and yes. uh, just love her dearly. And yes. then Patsy came in. So yes. many more to come. But today we hope you do uh, just are doing well in your life. Uh, go for it. Be a success. Make the devil mad, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, may God be with you and bless you in all things. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We passed our local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.